What is up, Crush Crew? I'm Bernadette Joy, your favorite rich auntie and your host of the Crush Your Money Goals podcast. Since starting in 2018, I've paid off $300,000 of debt, built my first million dollars of net worth, and grew from this podcast to a full financial education company that just crossed its first half million dollars in revenue. And along the way, I've met some incredible thought leaders and experts in the fields of personal finance, career, and entrepreneurship. And you will have the joy of meeting one of my favorite people as this season's co-host. Hola, hola. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez, the founder of the Women's Wealth Effect, where I focus my time as an investing and career coach to help women like you reach financial independence with confidence. I'm also a debt-free millionaire after paying off over $420,000 in debt and now live in Portugal with my amazing husband and two children after 15 years climbing the corporate ladder in the global tech industry. Thanks to the investing and career knowledge, I am so passionate about sharing with you. Welcome to season six of Crush Your Money Goals, The Women's Wealth Effect. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode with myself, Bernadette, and Stephanie Gonzalez. (laughs) (laughs) And I I totally just sprung that on her. She didn't know I was going to do that. So we are very excited and very honored to have a guest on this episode who we met actually at Women in Money at FinCon a couple of months ago. And I will say it was probably one of the highlights of me being at that conference because she approached me and and we had such a wonderful conversation. And of course, at a conference, you can only spend so much time. And so I was like, we have to have another conversation, which turned into <laughs> several conversations. And brought her here to this podcast. So today we have Deneen Furpo, and she is the author of Activate Your Money. And she is going to share with us a little bit more as women who are wanting to build a better world, how we can invest to grow your wealth and to be able to create more sustainability around the things that you actually really care about. So welcome, Deneen. Thanks for coming. Hi, it's great to be here. I just love that that initial conversation has led to so many more and that we've found connections in so many different levels. It's been great. So many different levels. And so for the audience who is not fam- who might not be familiar with you, can you share a little bit of your backstory as to specifically, I think you have a really interesting career background that led you to what you're doing today? So my background is very convoluted in a way. I actually had two careers over a 35-year period, and I am retired now, but still working on things that I care about. My first career was in high tech, started in the 1980s before there were personal computers, and I was having a great time doing that. But in 1995, I quit a job that I had, and I set off on a solo backpacking journey across sub-Saharan Africa. And while I was there, I saw poverty like I'd never seen it before. And I came back from that trip. When I left, I was in the multimedia space. And when I came back, this thing called the internet had emerged. And so it was just a very interesting time to go on that trip. But I came back poised to go into the internet industry, but I'd made a decision. I wanted my work to make a difference in the world. And so it took me about a year to figure it out. But then I created a second career looking at the role that technology and business thinking could, how that could be applied to poverty alleviation. And I ended up doing that for 20 years, working all over the world, primarily in sub-Saharan Africa and Southeast Asia. 
But because I lived in the Bay Area and I was doing that kind of work, I was a social entrepreneur before that was even a term. I was very involved in conversations about what became known as impact investing. And I made a personal decision that even though I was not the traditional impact investor, i.e. somebody who was an ultra high net worth individual or an institutional investor or a foundation, I was going to figure out how to do that with my own money. And so Mm -hmm. I've been on that journey for about 15 years with financial advisors. They never got me where I wanted to go. So when I really retired from like a job that paid me at Boston, (laughs) I took my money back and I started figuring out how to do this myself and realized anyone can do this. And most women and millennials want to, and nobody's helping them. I decided, okay, we're going to change that. So I, even though I was advised not to, I wrote a book, which you mentioned called Activate Your Money, Invest to Grow Your Wealth and Build a Better World. And then I also started a nonprofit with another woman called Invest for Better. And we put women together in investment clubs to teach them these values and how to invest this way. And we also have a bunch of other courses and opportunities that we provide. First of all, wow. (laughs) So amazing, right? When you said, oh, this thing that popped up called the internet, right? And so the, you know, the things that you've seen in your career, which we'll talk more about, I'm sure that's, that's, also, you know, colored your view of investing, right? Like you've seen things come and go, right? So some of the companies that now people consider the greatest investments, like we're just babies, right? At that time, right? So what was really interesting to me about your, I would, I would say your thesis, right? That that really caught me off guard when we were at, at FinCon. And I would love for us to start off the conversation here is you said in your book, and I'm just going to read a small portion in here. You said, this book will help you build your confidence about investing and show you how to invest in ways that support the things you care about. Here's the kicker. Without giving up financial return. Mm-hmm. Without giving up financial return. And that's the main reason I wanted you to come on the show in, in that there's so much conversation of like, well, if you want to do good for the world, then you can't make money. <laughs> then you need to be humble and give it all away. Right? And you yeah. you have and you very boldly say in this book, it is possible to do good in the world and not give up financial returns. So could you elaborate more about what you mean by that? Absolutely. But before I do that, I want to go back to the and you give it all away. So let's talk about that for a minute because that's mm-hmm. what some people refer to as two-pocket thinking, right? So you've got one pocket that you use to maximize your wealth, regardless of the impacts that that money is having. And I will tell you that every dollar you invest, even what you have in the bank and your savings and checking account is having an impact in the world. You just don't know what it's doing. And my guess is if you did, you wouldn't be happy with it. So there's that pocket that you use to maximize your wealth. And then there's the other pocket, which is your philanthropic money that you use to give away and do good. But if you think about the amount of money that's in both of those pockets, it's a really big question about which is actually having the most impact. Mm -hmm. I ended my career working for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and there was often criticism of them that they had so much of their 40 plus billion dollar corpus invested traditionally that the question was, was that actually helping to create the problems that their philanthropic money was being used to solve. So there's a really big issue there. Mm. Now, in terms of how you can actually achieve your goals and not have to give up financial, how you can not give up financial return and achieve a better world, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to talk about that for a minute. So 
I could state for you a bunch of different pieces of research that have been done. And there is over 20 years of research that shows that if you invest with your values, and this is particularly related to what's known as ESG investing, which you've probably heard of, environmental, social, and governance. It's getting a lot of press these days for a lot of reasons. But anyway, over 20 years of research that proves if you invest that way, you actually outperform the market. And I could give you specific studies. The problem is that people who disagree with what I'm saying could give you studies as well that prove that ESG does not outperform. So as an example, just two weeks ago, Forbes had an article where they mentioned a study from Morningstar, a study from Deutsche Asset Management, and a study from Hamburg University, all of which said, you don't give up financial return with ESG. Yesterday, MarketWatch had a blog post that said, you do. And in theirs, what they claimed was that the 10 largest ESG-themed funds did not out, only three of the 10 largest ESG-themed funds outperformed S&P 500. So I have a bit of of an issue with that study because my guess is the biggest ESG-themed funds actually should be benchmarked against the Russell 1000 or the Russell 2000, not the S&P 500. So you really have to look at where these studies are coming from. You have to think about the biases of the people who are doing that and mm-hmm. what they're trying to, how they're trying to manipulate you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this very specific for you, though. In my own experience and from what I've seen in all my research, over the long-term, ESG absolutely out. So yesterday, I went on Vanguard, and I looked up three funds. The first fund I looked up was VOO, which is the Vanguard S&P 500 EFT, ETF, sorry, which goes along with what that morning marketplace article talked about. Their year-to-date return is 18.98%. Not bad. Then I looked up VTSAX which is the FIRE standard. Everybody should invest in the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index. Their return, 18.35%. A little bit worse than the S&P 500, but VTSAX is a Russell 1000 benchmark. It is not. It holds a lot more companies than the S&P 500. So it's doing pretty well. Then I looked up another fund called ESGV. It's also a Vanguard fund. It also, the C structure for it, just for those who care about fees, is less than 10 basis point, just like the other two. Its return, 21.15. So if you look up VTSAX and what it holds in terms of fossil fuels and gender diversification and deforestation and weapons and prisons, it fares very badly on all of those. If you look up ESGV, it does way better. It's not perfect, but it does better. And it is outperforming VTSAX. So if you're in VTSAS and you want to have a positive impact in the world, at least a better impact in the world, then why aren't you in ESGV? Mm-hmm. You should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the person that was always doing market research and analytics in the tech industry. And so just the way that you're putting this together in my head is making absolute sense. And, and this is why... When I think about women that have been working in their careers in various industries, we, we get access to so much really 
like a great market type research and data and the way that our brain is trained to think is very much like someone who is a savvy investor or institutional investor or even VC has to think about when they think about a business plan. And so I love it when we have women like ourselves come together and talk about these topics because I get super excited about just how it all works and now what I want to go do in terms of my research. And these are the types of conversations we need to be having more, period. So that's why my face is lighting up. (laughs) Part of what we do at Invest for Better is we put women into small groups to talk about our money because it's not something we really do. And the thing that Mm -hmm. really saddens me is that a lot of women don't have confidence as investors. We are Mm -hmm. trained to think we're bad at this. Most articles Mm -hmm. for us tell us to save our money or they tell us that investing is hard, but articles Mm -hmm. written for men tell them how to grow their wealth and invest, right? So Mm -hmm. we're trained to think we're not good at it. Only 9% of us think we would be better investors than men. But research shows when we do invest, we outperform them consistently between Mm -hmm. 40 basis points to a full percent a year. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is, Janine, that we do outperform? We outperform because we are thoughtful about what we do. We don't trade our money as often. We buy and hold We are not risk averse, we're risk aware. So we like to know what we're doing and what risks we're taking. Men are more likely to shoot from the hip. They're more competitive about their investing and Mm -hmm. just a little bit more thoughtful, a little bit slower and a little bit more consistent. And that Mm -hmm. results in a positive outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for, for someone who might be skeptical about ESG investing. What are some things that they sh- that someone like me or like Stephanie should take in con- into consideration? What kinds of questions should we be asking to make sure that the things that we're looking to invest in actually aligns with our values? And and I'll I'll add to the question real quick if I can because I've I've heard this question come to me multiple times is what is your definition of ESG investing? Because I think that definition is still in a way being fleshed out. And so like, what, what is the industry term in your mind of what it actually is for the audience that needs to be a bit more aware? So first, I'm going to say ESG investing, that term generally refers to the stock market, period. Okay, so it's really important to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to recognize that when I talk about investing, and I think when most of us think about our money, we have money in much more than the stock market. So I think about where I'm banking. Mm-hmm. And as an example, I'm opening a new bank account at a bank called the, Cli- the First Climate Bank, which I'm buying a 12-month CD at a 5% return, which is not bad for a 12-month investment, mm-hmm. fixed income investment. And... That bank helps people buy clean energy solutions, solar panels, cars, et cetera. So they're all about energy. So let's just not think about the stock market. Let's think about our cash. Let's think about our bonds. Let's think about our private investing. Let's think about our real estate. Wherever you got money, you can think about how to invest that money with values alignment. Now, in terms of ESG, ESG is complicated because what they're trying to do is they're trying to take three terms, environmental, social, and governance. There are literally dozens of criteria under each of those, under each of those terms. So for example, 
environmental doesn't just mean how do we reduce global warming or, or climate change. It's also about pollution. It's about water. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. about species degradation. It's about all kinds of things related to the environment. Social is about things like gender diversity, workers' rights, product marketing, all kinds of things related to how you do your business. And governance is about how you run your business, the board, your transparency, whether or not you're ethical. So there are all these criteria that these companies and there are rating agencies who try to take these criteria and come up with a number that identifies an ESG score. Problem is, there's no standards on how these different rating agencies do it. So, And not all companies are reporting the same way either. not all companies are mm-hmm. reporting. The things are way better in Europe where they're forcing companies to standards. We're behind in the United States, but we're yeah. getting better, right? And this has become a bit of a political hot button, which is not great. That, and that political stuff is being underwritten by the oil and gas industry. But that's a, another story. Yes. So... ESG is not perfect. It is not perfect. And my belief is you will never get to a point where your ability to choose exactly what you want is perfect because you're going to have to make choices. What's more important to you, the environment or or gender equity or racial equity? If you had to choose a particular investment and it ranked really high on the environment like a Tesla but it kind of really sucks in terms of its workers' rights and all of that, which is more important to you. You got to choose, right? So Mm -hmm. the same thing is true with looking at these stock funds. However, there's a great tool on the web. I could not recommend it more. It's put out by a company called, a nonprofit called As You Sow. And you can find it, As You Sow has been around for 30 years. They do a lot of shareholder advocacy You can find what I'm talking about at fossilfreefunds.org. And you can actually put stock tickers into that tool and it will show you a grade for that particular investment in terms of fossil fuels, as well as six other criteria. And I used it extensively when I was trying to make decisions about what to do with my BTSAX, which I have had for like 30 years and I don't want more of it. So That one I mentioned earlier gets pretty much F's and D's across the board. And so I used As You Sow to find similar kinds of investments that did better. And ESGB does better, not perfect, but better. And so for me right now, that's good enough. I'm not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. I use other asset classes to do more, like with my stock, right, with my so my bonds, I actually have a financial advisor who is building my own bond portfolio for me. And she invests in muni bonds and other things that are doing good in the world. Mm-hmm. I have another way of addressing these things with the angel investing I do, another way with the real estate I have. So mm-hmm. I don't have to solve for everything just with the stock market. But even in the stock market, you can probably do better than what you're doing right now. Well, I love, you know, I love that asset. Because what I'm hearing, what I hear from a lot of my own clients, right? It's it's like a very black and white, all or nothing mentality, right? It's either I know exactly what I'm doing in investing, or I don't do it at all. I have to know everything I need to, everything possible, and it's just not possible. It's just not feasible. But what I, I love what you're saying is this incremental, like, well, what can I do better than what I was just doing 
you know, yesterday, right? And then moving on from there. And I think something that's really important that you mentioned in that, right, is is that that point of asset classes and diversification in it, right? And one of my biggest gripes about just like the term investing is that it's it's become so synonymous with just stock market. And like you said, stock market is a piece of it, but you can also diversify your, yourself out in terms of other asset classes to balance some of the risk or some of the the things that you want to do from an alignment perspective. Mm-hmm. And and not only can you, but as your wealth grows, you should. Mm. You absolutely should. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done some research into what high mm-hmm. net wealth individuals invest in. And let me tell you, it's not the stock market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sure. that should give you pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that somebody who doesn't have a lot of money makes more higher risk decisions. You should be making higher risk decisions with smaller bits of money that you can lose. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I started small and learned. And then when I got confident, I was like, okay, well, that worked. (laughs) We're over there, right? So the other thing about that black and white, this is so not that. No, not that. So not that. In fact, Forget the values for a minute. Just investing is so not that. I mean, Mm -hmm. every single person has a different set of goals for their money. They have different things they're trying to do. They have different timelines that they're trying to meet. It's really personal. And then you start thinking about your values. That's really personal too. So this is something that you should be building your portfolio and building your relationship with money around who you are and what you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. That's going to be different for somebody else than it is for you, right? So I often say, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. you're going to be thinking about and learning about and getting better at how you invest throughout your life if you really want to build wealth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are talking a little bit about the throughout your life part. And I think that's a little bit where I'm really passionate about helping women understand that it's a mindset and it's a way about constantly being this student of this craft, right? Like ESG investing is in its broader sense and like more marketable sense of a a term now versus what it was 20 years ago, right? And the ways in which we can invest today are very different than what they were 20 years ago. And so what is your advice to you know those that you teach or work with in terms of the way that they should go about being that constant learner in this space of wealth and money and then investing in general? Well, I think read and read whatever you can, try to make that part of your practice. And then also, I really think I'll go back to experimenting. That's what I did. So for example, I became an angel investor. I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm a lot older than both of you. And I, when I started investing over 30 years ago, the only thing you could do was buy individual companies. That's how you invested. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as funds, index funds, that kind of stuff was super new. It it didn't even really exist. So the way we invest has changed. And it wasn't until maybe 
I was in my 50s, well into my 50s, that I even realized that, you know what, there's this thing called angel investing, and I can do it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to cost me a lot of money. You don't have to be one of the four on Shark Tank sitting in front of us. The way I got involved in angel investing was I heard about this really great fund that was starting. They were going to take 99 women as investors. Each woman put $10,000 in. There was a group of 10 women at the top who were going to find the deal flow and, and educate the rest of us about how to do an angel deal. And at the end of a year... I would be invested in eight companies. So I was like, okay, $10,000, I can do that. So I invested and it turned out to be an amazing year. I learned so much. I was hanging out with other women. I was meeting amazing entrepreneurs. I didn't even know that world existed. And so because of that experience, I started to get more engaged in angel investing and ended up investing more in that space, right? But I started small, I hung out with other women and I learned, I learned from experts. Mm, That is an experience. Well, one of the things that you akin me to, and you and I are having kind of an ongoing dialogue about this was I had always, I've told Stephanie this before too, like my, my dream is life is to like be sitting around with a bunch of wine and cheese, but like talking about investing instead of like reality TV shows. Right. And you, you, you brought up the concept of investing clubs in your book, but then also you, you know, you now had a conversation. I was like, that is something that I want to do. Right. So can you share a little bit more about this concept of what an investing club is and how you've maybe seen it done successfully in the past? Sure. So I've been in three in my life. And the ones that I've been in, we do not pool our money together. It has been a learning experience. And I have learned more from the investment clubs I've been in than almost anything else. So when and when I was writing my book, I thought I want this to be used by individual women, but I also want women to come together in groups and use Mm -hmm. the book in groups to learn together. And as I was writing the book, I was introduced to another woman named Ellen Remmer. She lives on the East Coast, and she was putting women together in groups to teach them how to invest their values. And so we decided to join forces. And in September of 2021, on September 15th, which is actually now the official National Invest for Better Day, Mm -hmm. uh, on Invest for Better Day 2021 we kicked off this nonprofit, Invest for Better, and that is what we're doing. So we run two cohorts a year. Our next cohort is starting in October, and we have women step up as leaders to facilitate these groups. We train the leaders, and then eight to 20 women form a circle, and they go through a six-month curriculum that teaches them, that gets them talking about their money, that helps them identify their values, that walks them through all the asset classes to learn what options are that are values aligned within those asset classes. And at the end, they talk about financial advisors, walk away with a completed investment policy statement and commitments about what they're going to do with their money over the next six months. So that's our core curriculum which we're offering starting in October. And anyone can sign up to do that. Anyone can sign up to be a leader. And then we're also offering what we call deep dive courses, which are three-month experiences. And those are being led by some pretty incredible women. So for example, we have one starting in October on gender lens investing. 
and it's being led by a woman named Kristen Hull, who has a company called Nia Capital. And she started out with a separately managed fund. It's it's a actively managed fund that invests in about 50, 60 companies that she has handpicked because of how they show up against her value metrics. And she has now got a version of her fund that's available through the stock market. So she's like super knowledgeable about how to think about and do due diligence on companies to make them values align. And she's teaching this course. It's kind of Mm -hmm. amazing. It's like how to invest in ways that uplift women and girls. We've got another course being offered on how to invest for a sustainable environment that's being led by a woman named Diane Schrader. And she is a climate finance expert. She started two companies on the, in that area. And she also teaches a course called Hacking Climate and Sustain, Hacking for Climate and Sustainability. She's teaching this course at Stanford University. So she's one of our instructors. And then we have a third course on how to find a values aligned financial advisor. And that's being led by two women who created a platform called Values Advisor to do that. So when women become members of Invest for Batter, which is $125 for a year membership, they can take any of our courses for free, or you can take those deep dives for $50. So we're a little crazy with our pricing. It's super, super low because we don't want, we want everyone to be able to access this information. So yeah. We're rethinking that, but it's it's super. super <laughs> oh, you and I will have a conversation about me. <laughs> yeah. I also that saw that really valuable. And then when you're a member of Invest for Better, we have three speakers a month. Yeah, so you get so much value out of that. A speaker who talks about. We've had speakers who talk on everything from sort of financial intimacy and talking to your partner about money to people who talk about cryptocurrency. We have one speaker a month who talks about an actual financial product that's in the market today that you can invest in that is values aligned. So like this month, we're focusing on food and ag. So next week, we have a speaker who's talking about how you can invest in food and ag through the stock market. And the following week, we're going to talk about how to do that in the private markets. And then once a month, we have a financial advisor who's basically holds open office hours and you can ask any questions. So it's a tremendous amount of value for very little capital. Mm-hmm. I saw that, uh, are you all expanding into Europe with your work? Yes, we are. So what happened there was we have a partner in Europe. They're called Better Finance, and they're based mm-hmm. out of Brussels, and they are sort of a finance consortium educator. They do a lot around ensuring that financial knowledge is shared across Europe. Mm -hmm. So they are taking our model and they are replicating it in France, Spain, Germany, and Poland. And they're kicking off circles this month, actually. Awesome. And then in order to provide the background for that as it grows, my book, Activate Your Money, is also going to be localized into for those same markets and translated into those languages. those versions of the book will be available next year. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of people that I get into my messages. They're like, but I live in this country, you know, does what you do help? And I think there's, 
there's so much that I think is applicable across the board, but there are nuances, you know, obviously in each country and cultural elements that you want to acknowledge, but that's amazing. I'm so excited to to hear I am too. And what I love about the localization, I mean, one of the things about Activate Your Money that I struggled with a little bit at first was, should I put in specific examples of investment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the problem with saying yes to that question is that the book will date itself more quickly. But one of the things that I really struggled with personally when I was trying to do this with my own money was getting beyond the rhetoric and actually finding the stuff that I could invest in. Right. Or finding the resources to find that stuff. And so I decided I want women to not have to go through the same struggle. And so I put that stuff in the book. Well, what you can invest in here, you can't invest in in France. But what they're doing is they localize the book is they're going to put specific examples for France into the version of the book. Same with the other countries. So good. So good. Do you uh, have a goal in mind in terms of how many dollars invested or how many women come through through the program? Or Yes. So our... Our five-year goal is 15,000 women who have gone through this training, and we do not have to do it ourselves. So we are actually partnering with other financial influencers or other finance educators who want to take our work and go with it. And the other goal is to have a million women here and realize that they can, in fact, invest for financial return, and they can invest in a way that makes them feel great about what their money is doing and know that by the choices they're making, they're helping to ensure that their children and their grandchildren will still have a planet that's livable. I do not want us to end up in Soylent Green. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie, but Mm -hmm. I saw it when I was (sighs) 16 years old and man, it had an impact on me. I mean, we are Mm -hmm. heading for that and we can change it. And and here's the thing about why I focus on women. Focused on women because, first of all, we've been left out of this conversation far too long. And if you look at finance books or other materials, they're almost all written for men. The few that are written for us in a 300-page book, it talks about budgeting, it talks mm-hmm. about saving, it talks about you know the basics, which is super important. Yeah. Once you have the basics, then what? Yeah. Right? Thirty pages in a in a three hundred page book will talk about investing. It's not enough. Yeah. We need to talk mm-hmm. about investing more. And the other reason I talk to women is because, according to McKinsey and Company, by twenty thirty, we're going to control the money in this country. I saw that. Right. Yeah. So if enough of us start to be conscious about how we invest and where we invest, we can literally change the economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the cool thing about that and the way that I love what you said about your approach with pulling and engaging others to help fuel the mission of what you're looking to accomplish is, and this is what I absolutely loved about my discussions with Bernadette and obviously her bringing me into the podcast season this, this season was we can do this together. It's not a, I have to, you know, I'm going to create this company. It's all me, me, me. There's so much work, quite frankly, in a little bit of time that we need to do to make the progress that I know that we could make, that it's going to require us to really 
work together like we say that we will. It's no no longer we will, we have to. If we really want to see the progress that we want to make happen, because that 2030 is coming really fast. It's not like, you know, I, I used to look at like these 2030 moonshot goals a long time ago when I was, you know, at my old job. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, a while away, but it's not. It's very close. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we will collaborate with anyone. We love collaboration. We've, I mean, there, there were 150 women who helped me write my book. Mm-hmm. 150 women. It's amazing. And the way that worked is, I mean, I told you a little bit about my background. I come out of tech and then international development. I am not a financial advisor. I have no financial credentials at all. <laughs> I've been investing myself for a long time. I find it interesting. So I read up on this and I've learned a lot. But when it came to writing the book, I really wanted to make sure we got it right because I, the middle of the book, there's a chapter on every single asset class explaining what it is, how it works, and then how you can find values aligned investments in that asset class. So we touch on cash, cash alternatives, fixed income, stock market, Mm -hmm. private investing, and alternatives. And I had women who are credentialed write early versions of those chapters for me. And then I rewrote everything so that it all had the same voice. And then every chapter was reviewed by between 20 to 25 women, half of whom were experts and half of whom were just readers. That book was rewritten four times. (laughs) So it was a huge, that was my COVID project. I wrote the book. And while we were all like stuck in our homes, that's what I did. But a lot, a lot of women and a few men got involved in that project. And so we're highly collaborative. And and we just think, you're right. We're only going to get there together. Only. I love that. And I I love that as as kind of a wrap-up message here, right? That's, That's really the crux of this season of the podcast, which is, you know, who's already out there doing this great work? Who can we bring to this audience who maybe they have not had exposure to, but has this, has the resources that women want, but also has this, this growth mindset of like, Hey, there's plenty of work for everybody. Like you're not trying to gatekeep this information because, you know, it it could have been very easy to say, you know what, like, this is really valuable information. Let me like, charge the heck out of people and let me keep the the stuff in my brain and not in this book. Right. And instead you're like, you know what? The more the merrier, more women need to be involved in this conversation. The fact that you're taking the time out of your day and we're all across three different time zones right now as we're having this conversation, <laughs> right. To, you know, like the, and, and I think that's, that that's actually a, you know, a, a good like metaphor, right? Like it's not, it's not always going to be convenient to have these conversations. It's not always going to be easy to have these conversations. We're going to have to have conversations with people we've never met before. Like you and Stephanie just met for the first time just now, right? We were going to keep talking if you didn't join. Just <laughs> well, just keep talking, right? But it required all of us to get out of our comfort zones. We were all away from home when we met each other. And we all had to show up in a place that said, hey, we're here and we want to talk about money, right? right? Yeah. We want to talk about money. And that's, something that we're going to make a lot more normalized while we continue to have these conversations. And so if people want to find out more about you, what's the best way for people to reach you? So they can reach me directly. I'm happy to get an email from anyone at jfirpo, that's J-F as in Frank, I-R-P-O 
at investforbetter.org. And it's the word for, and you can find out more about Invest for Better at investforbetter.org. There's a lot there. We are, as I said, we are accepting registrations for all of our October courses right now. So if that interests you, jump on and go check that stuff out. We will do another core curriculum next year and we'll do um, more of our deep dives then too. And my book is available wherever you buy your books, Activate Your Money. I love it. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Stephanie, is there anything else you want to add? No, I just, you know, this is why I got into doing what I'm doing. And I was really eager to do podcasting was just to meet and have conversations and collaborate. This is not the last time I'm sure that we'll talk, but thank you for coming on and spending your time. This is wonderful. My pleasure. It's been really fun talking to you. And I invite every one of your listeners to join this movement to transform the way women relate to their money and to change the world in the process. We can do this together. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crush Your Money Goals Season 6 of The Women's Wealth Effect. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Your feedback helps us spread the wealth of knowledge to more women like you. If you'd like to work with me to help you create clarity, control, and confidence with your financial independence journey, you can snag my free early retirement planner at womenswealtheffect.com forward slash planner. And if you'd like to work with me to kickstart your financial freedom plan, you can grab my free guide on the 10 money tools you need right now at crushyourmoneygoals.com slash free guide. Stay tuned for the next episode.